Hello. Welcome to Gig Tales. The show where the lines are recording and both of the lines are matching in speed. Yep. And they caught up to the big one at the bottom. So I am feeling good and I have my backup Zoom recording on, which is great. Welcome to the show where I'm in a constant panic because I have problems and Ashley's (laughs) going to freaky Friday into my body. To that's feel right. what my feelings feel like. That's right. And just take, I'll, I'll take some of that on for you. If we could share uh, it, it'd be more manageable, I think. Yeah, but it would ruin your life. So I can't, I'll take it all. It's fine. <laughs> How nice well, of you. Welcome to Gig Tales. Yep. We're still where here. you tell us your stories and then we tell you that same story. <laughs> Basically. Um, yeah. So we normally talk about stories, things that happen at gigs, performances of different kinds, um, musical, theater, dance, et cetera, et cetera. So we are doing our um, physically distanced recording still here. We are being responsible podcast hosts. And this has been really cool because we've been able to get a lot more guests that we've been wanting to have on the podcast. But Mm -hmm you know, scheduling and locations and stuff is tough when you're in person. So we have a really special guest today, but I have one, um, one little thing to throw in about our guest from last week. So we had Tim Bono on whose name I learned how to pronounce uh, minutes before the podcast. Um, and if you all listen to the episode, you know that uh, Tom has done has run sound for Tim's band multiple times. That's kind of like how, how I know him. And, you know, we're in the same kind of local circuit and whatnot. But after we were done recording, Tom's like, Oh, did he tell the story about how, when his, um, his car died on Lansdowne street while he was unloading his gear. And I was like, no, what? I was like, Oh my God. So apparently, uh, Tim, you left this one out and it's really good. And so I'm going to share my version of like Tom's version of the story. So we're really, you tell us and we tell you. So he was on lo- so Loretta's last call is a, a country bar on Lansdowne right behind Fenway Park. And uh, if you don't know Lansdowne, it's, you know, typical Boston. It's one way. It's actually pretty wide, though. And there's like parking. Yeah. There is parking on one side of it. So there's enough space to like pull over to unload your gear. So Tim, I guess, had his truck. I don't know if he was like pulled over in a no parking or if he was double parked, but he had his hazards on. But he shut, you know, he shut the car. He shut the truck off and he was loading in gear. So it was probably you know, probably like a half hour by the time you like bring stuff in. And then there's really no, nowhere to keep cases at that venue. So you kind of like tend to like unload stuff and then put the cases back in the car or whatever. So I guess his, his, his truck battery was like pretty, pretty on its last leg and it couldn't handle the hazards being on while he was unloading his shit or loading in his shit. So he went back out to go finally park his car and his truck is dead. And now like, here's the thing, like what? Okay. So he's like, I can like call AAA, but like I have to play a gig and I have to keep, I have to keep setting up. Like I have to finish setting up and I have to be ready to play this gig. And like when, if they come in time or like whatever, like do I jump it and then park it somewhere? Because then it's going to, I'm going to have to deal with it at like 1am, like whatever, right? And then you have to jump it to get it back to Loretta's to load your shit back in your car. And then probably, unless you leave it running in the street at 1am, which is questionable questionable at best Mm -hmm. on Lansdowne Street, um, then you have to like figure it out again. So he's like, didn't know what he was supposed to do. So I think 
he ended up having AAA just replace the battery. Like they came and just gave him a new battery. And he's like, I probably paid like three times what I would have paid at like anywhere else. But there's just like, no, there's no other option at that point. So, I think that was the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. My old, uh, drummer's, uh, car that we used to, when we used to play on a, a, a bar on Lansdowne street, parking was notoriously terrible, especially if yeah, the Red Sox are playing. And uh, he found like, he, he thought was like his secret lot that he could park in. And I remember he got towed. He just drives out in the middle of center field. <laughs> <Just leaves it. laughs> Look at all these people waving at this parking job I'm doing. <laughs> It was like a oh, Shaw's. Really? I think there's like a Shaw's around the corner. Yeah, on yeah. Brookline Ave. Yeah. yeah. No. So he used to go there and now they have signs and shit. But he, we can't finish the gig like late at night. He went, walked over to get his car. His car was gone. And now the bar is closing. It's the middle of the night. So he has to like, now he has all of his drums. So we have to like figure out how to get all of his drums. And everyone else's cars are full of gear too. So we're like, st- I remember like standing on the sidewalk with a pile of drums, like, waiting to try to like figure out what the fuck was going to happen. So the moral man. of the story is don't go to Lansdowne. <laughs> I guess, I guess we could probably do a whole episode on parking at gigs, but anyhow, yeah. I just had to add, add that on Tim's behalf. That's a pretty good one. So today we have the specialist guest we've ever had. <laughs> He's a specialist at being a guest at being a, a fan. Really? Yeah. He's a gig tales he- specialist. <laughs> put that on your resume <laughs> he's a friend of the cast a friend of us and he, a friend to society he's a, <laughs> a recipient of mini muffins <laughs> it's greg the mini muffin man palatier <laughs> hello hey greg howdy everyone i mean i am how many times have we shouted you out on this podcast, really? Um, I mean, it's probably, I, I, I was going to say sadly, but not sadly. I don't keep count. Um, probably like maybe between, I'd say like 15 to 20 times, probably. It's how we keep um, you coming back. It's our cheap way of like luring you yeah. back in and making you feel special. <laughs> you know, I have to, I honestly have to say that the first time you guys gave me a shout out, I was like, I am not stopping listening to this podcast. Like, <laughs> till commitment. I die. Life we guilted. Yeah. We guilted you in. So what that is, was a good move on our part. What yep. is it that you like so much about it? <laughs> <laughs> so... Honestly, I think that it's it's just that my brain is very nostalgic. I'm a very nostalgic person. And I Mm -hmm. feel like when old friends are doing something, I like to encourage them and and I like to see what it is that they're doing. Um, Like one of my friends from high school, he actually had a podcast called uh, The Gentlemanly Confabulation. (laughs) So the short is Gents Confab. And so they talked about, you know, different things like smoking cigars and drinking scotch and buying watches and stuff. So it had three episodes. (laughs) Yes. It had three episodes and then it was finished. And I was like, so excited when it came out and I was like listening to it on my lunch breaks at work. And then uh, some of my friends went on like the last episode that they had and, um, and then it finished and they never had another episode. And I was like, Oh, what a bummer. It was so nice to hear my old friends. And then when you guys were like teasing, like something's coming up, 
And then you drop the pod. And the first one that I listened to, I was like, I really hope that it's good because I feel like it could be like kind of a disaster. So it is. (laughs) I don't think so. I listened to the first episode and I, I just have to say, it's really difficult to keep someone's attention and to still be funny, like for an hour. And I felt like even like, Throughout the whole episode to the end, like I was still laughing at stuff, talking about Ask Jeeves and whatnot. Um, and we should all, as a society, be society be laughing about Ask Jeeves <laughs> constantly. So not only was I impressed that you guys were able to kind of keep it going throughout the whole episode, but then you kept it going. And now it's like over like 46 episodes <laughs> that you kept it going, like the commitment and actually continuing to do it. Like if you have guests or you don't have guests and coming up with ideas like the crock pot, like I just was super, I was proud of you guys. So I just want to say congratulations on your podcast. Oh, wow. I'm a big fan. Thank you. Yeah. Seriously, yep, I mean, I yeah, it, it means a lot. And, and just so y'all, other listener know. Um, <laughs> Brent, we'll get to Brent. Brent, you're next. Calm down. We'll get to Brent. I have to, I have to tell a story about Brent as well. <gasps> I well, can't wait. Well, I, can, I, can I say it right now? Yeah, sure. yeah. I, I was just going to tell our listeners that you often write to us in response to things, like which I love. Like he'll email <laughs> us or comment or like direct message or something. And like, it's like you're, you're part of the conversation because there'll be something Terry and I are talking about and then Greg will just like message us his, his like what he would have said if he his was there. take on it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So anyhow, yeah. yes. Yeah, the, the most recent one was you were talking to high schoolers in your podcast, and I was thinking in my head, like, what high schooler is listening to this <laughs> podcast? And as soon as I thought it, you were like, I like how I'm saying this, like, high schoolers are actually listening to us. <laughs> That's like, exactly. <laughs> high schoolers never listen to me. That's why those dang kids keep running them along with their skateboards. Right. right. So um, what about, you have a story about Brent? Well, yeah. not really. So Brent and I have never met. I don't know who he is, what he looks like, where he's from, nothing. But I have to say that when you first mentioned Brent on the podcast, it was hilarious because I think you had given me a shout out earlier in the episode. And then Ashley, you were talking about Brent. You're like, oh, my friend Brent, he you know flies a lot and he saves his podcast. And oh, and Terry, he just adores you. And then Terry was like, oh, Brent, you're my favorite listener. And I think I... <gasps> It out loud, like, hey, and then you went, yeah. and then you said, Fuck you, Greg, and, <laughs> and I busted out laughing. But I think, I like for a second, I might have genuinely been like a little taken aback, like, wait, what? <laughs> I was over, I was over. announcing that I'm over you. See, that's part of our um conquer and divide method we really want to manipulate our listeners into thinking we love them mm-hmm. then we fucking tear them down yeah. so they want to crawl back to regain our approval it's an advanced marketing thing yeah. i don't want to bore anyone yeah. we learned it at the nexium cult meeting um it's crazy. <laughs> yeah oh, it's very man. exciting i have to say that coming on it's it's right up there you know there's you know the, the birth of my kids then there's you know marriage Maybe seeing Hamilton, um, like the week it opened, that was cool. Yeah. Um, oh, you did. And probably uh, uh, Geek Tales Podcast for it. Um, Hold on. You saw Hamilton the week it opened? Yeah, that was a backdoor brag. Um, 
Yes. And actually, I had posted a picture. I was going uh, into the theater and I had posted a picture on Instagram and you comment. You were the only person. I had like four followers and you commented on it and you were like, uh, wait, they're making a musical about Alexander Hamilton. And I was like, yeah, it's super cool. If you go back and look like whenever it was like four and a half years ago. 2016, I think. Right. April 2016 ish. Yeah. That's how old it yeah. was, was that the comment was, they're making a musical about this, yes. just for reference. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, wow. Holy shit. I mean, I, yeah. That's amazing. It, it was really cool. My So one of my best friends is a history teacher, and um, he actually had heard about it. He's like, yeah, I guess they're making a musical about Alexander Hamilton. And I was like, oh, let me see who's writing it. And I saw that it was Lin-Manuel Miranda, and In the Heights is my favorite show. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that he was writing it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's incredible. I was like, we have to go see it when it comes on Broadway. So I literally set a reminder on my phone for the morning of when it went on sale on Ticketmaster. And so as soon as it like popped on sale at like 10 in the morning on a Sunday, like I went like right online and was able to get them. So the tickets were like, they were still a regular price. It was like, like $75. Or something. Was, I think one forty, like, yeah. which front row, like mezzanine, uh. um, yeah. Holy shit, Greg, you are a true trailblazer. Like, yeah. good for you. Thank you. Thank you. So you're it like, was, you don't even cool. give a fuck about the Disney Plus thing that's coming out. Like, you're like, whatever, because I've I already, seen it. I already saw them <clears throat> in person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was the original cast. What's that? It was the original cast, obviously. So it was the original cast. However, um, Lynn Miranda and Anthony Ramos were not performing because it was a Saturday matinee. But we didn't realize until after the show, they were in the crowd because when the show finished, <laughs> all of a sudden these two guys were hugging and everybody was cheering and like clapping. And we were like walking down from like the stairs and we were like, what's going on? I was like, I don't know. Did those two guys just propose or something? Like what's happening? <laughs> like, then they stopped hugging and I was like, oh my gosh, that's Lin-Manuel Miranda and Anthony Ramos. Like that's Aww. amazing. Yeah. Greg, that's a really cool story. Yeah. Like cool story. As- as a professional podcaster who doesn't get paid to do this, I can confirm that. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. So I think we need to we need to we need to back up a, a smidge because you need to tell people who you are, what you do. Because like I was obviously we've talked a lot about you, we've shouted you out, but like give us your your musical yeah. story, your background, whatever you want people to know about. Tell you. us uh, how do we know you? You tell us. Um. <laughs> So I went to college with Ashley and Terry in the fifth largest city in New England. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's where we met. We were in uh, the Cheetor. Look at all these references. Um, together throughout our uh, four years there. Um, and yeah, hung out a lot. I was a music business major, um, as was Terry. And Ooh. Ashley, were you an education major? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Music ed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but that's, that's how we all know each other. So I so. was, I was busy in class actually while you guys were probably hanging out doing nothing. Yeah, probably. So anyhow, tell us, tell us, what do you do? Um, so right now I actually work for an insurance company company mm-hmm. and i've been there for like nine and a half years ish um you're the composer for the insurance company you do that? all the you do all the music business for the insurance yes exactly company. doing a lot of music business <laughs> for the insurance company exactly it's very <laughs> exciting um 
but yeah, no. So I guess I'll back up to, um, you know, when I was younger and getting into music and everything. So um, I went to a, a Catholic K-8 school. They had absolutely no music program at all. Um, they had like a music class once a week for a half hour. A lady came with a guitar and sang the same three songs. Um, so like song from Joseph, um, I think the song from Casper. Um, yeah. What? And- <laughs> Hold on. She knows... He- she she knows that's not the holy ghost right <laughs> like this next song about a ghost a holy right. ghost we'll never know um so then when i was in eighth grade my sister i have two older sisters that are three and two years older than me um so they were going to um the high school we went to a public high school um and they had a music program and so my sisters really got big into um choir and show choir and so um, I believe it was when I was in eighth grade, the um, high school's show choir was doing a performance of Rent. Um, and so my sisters were listening to Rent like nonstop. So I got like super big into that, which I don't know, it's not very appropriate for an eighth grader. Um, and clearly that was not a Catholic school that they were doing. Sure, no. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, definitely not. No, the high school was not a Catholic high school. No, not at all. Okay. So um, yeah, so then I, uh, when I, got to high school in ninth grade, I joined the choir as well. And um, I ended up actually, we um, had auditions for central districts um, for the choir. And I ended up um, auditioning and getting in um, really not based on my talent, but just like they needed men. They needed Um, a man. Yeah. I like, I did not know how to read music actually during one of the practices. I didn't know that you had to number your measures. I didn't even know what a measure was. And I was in the front row and the director like took my music because he was looking over something and he needed to like start from a certain place. And he saw it and he, he was like, why aren't your measures numbered? And I was like, uh, I don't know. And he like kicked me out into the hallway and made me go number my measures in front of the entire group. And central districts is a big choir. It was probably like a hundred and I don't know, 20 kids there. So it was like kind of humiliating, but I had like no musical background. I didn't know my parents were not musical. Um, we didn't really grow up with much music in the house or anything like that. Wow. wow. Um, yeah. So wow. I just kind of sang in all the choirs, joined show choirs. Um, and thankfully my senior year, the choir teacher added a music theory course, which I took. And then I ended up auditioning for, um, you know, for college and nice. got in. Yeah. And they were like, we hear you're a man. We'd like to. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Well, no, but I, I honestly, so I'm, we are probably, I'm probably not the only person who did this, but like when I remember when I was a freshman, because you're, you were both one year ahead of me, I believe. Mm -hmm. So you guys were already there. And when you're a freshman, you don't know anyone like you, you, go into choir Chior, and I you know I made like a couple like early like your early kind of freshman friends or like your roommates or people you have classes with so our like small group of freshmen we had to like we are learning everybody's names and figuring out who everybody is so we had like nicknames for everyone and (laughs) I don't even know if I've told you this Jerry (laughs) but I distinctly remember some of them still and I remember Greg yours was pretty voice I remember that I you have like you just have a beautiful tone to your voice that I I can still remember yeah it's been too long since I've heard you sing but I can still remember that yeah oh that's so sweet (laughs) 
And this is not part of our conquer and divide theory uh, (laughs) or practice. I just would say it was shocking to me hearing you say, like, I didn't know anything about music. I didn't know how to read. I didn't know what what a measure was. Read music also. I'm assuming you're illiterate. But um, (laughs) cannot read. And I'm like, and I was thinking to myself, well, he's actually pretty good. So it like kind of worked out, (laughs) you know. I think that's one of the cool things about singing sometimes is like, if you sound kind of good, sometimes you can like fake it a little uh, you can fake it a little yeah and like you can't fake it all the way you got to get your shit together but like Mm -hmm. you can't be bad at the violin and like not know how to play music like that's kind of part of it you'd be like and they'd be like okay you clearly don't know how to read music (laughs) (laughs) well it's something about singing right which is like we may have talked about on this podcast before, but I talk about a lot of my life that like everyone can sing. Like every, you, everyone has a voice, like you're born with your instrument and everyone can sing. Now there's technique that's learned and there's tone that's, you know, you can develop, but you're kind of born with, you know, most of that, but like everyone has a, a voice. So you, and you learn to use it early on where like when you pick up a violin, it's like nothing you've ever, or like any other instrument that you have to manipulate externally is, mm-hmm. but the flip side of that, I think is that as a voice teacher, it's really difficult because you can't see the the voice. Like you can't see the vocal cords. So you can't yeah, just say like, put your, we saw put the your picture. <laughs> we know what they look like under a scope. Um, <laughs> like they need an ice cold tampon, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, you can't just say like, put your fingers here and <laughs> blow like this. Yeah. And it's so difficult. <laughs> I remember like, it, it, like in college when I would have my voice lessons, cause like you're required as a music major to have your voice lessons. And I remember like my voice teacher, like I would sing a note and I'd be like, huh? And he'd be like, good. But like, you want to lift your soft palate and you want to make sure that the sound is really open and resonating. And you're just like, uh, he's like, that's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, I literally, there's nothing. I did nothing uh, different. Yeah. <laughs> He was all about lifting that soft palate. That was like his, it's got to yeah. be open. Yeah. Open. You want to really make that sound ring. Hope openness know? was his thing. Yes. That was his yes, thing. It was. Definitely. Um, so you, so you went to school, you did music business as did I, you went in a totally different direction as did everyone except for a few <laughs> yeah. people, I'm sure. No, actually I, so when I first graduated, I, I actually did start to work for Broadway across America. Mm. So yeah, I had gotten an internship there um, my junior into my senior year, like the summer going into my senior year. And then when I um, graduated, uh, there was a spot that opened up. So I was able to go and work for them in, in Boston. And I was there for probably like a year and a half. And it was great. Um, I, well, it was good and bad. So it was it was great because you got to see a lot of free shows. Um, and like you were invited to like cast parties afterwards, which was really fun. Yeah. I got some hot goss on some of the casts. Um, wow. Are you ready? Are you ready? So yeah. the cast of Wicked, the national traveling tour of Wicked, very snobby. Uh, yeah. We were going. So my wife and I, she, she came um, to the party with me. And then afterwards, we were both on the tea. We were on like the green line at like Boylston Street or whatever. And we were waiting for the tea to come. And so there were some of like the ensemble members that were there too. And we're like, oh, you guys, we saw your show. It was so great. You did such a great job. And they just totally turned away from (gasps) us. You can respond. (laughs) And they're ensemble members? Like, con your tits. It was Linda. Yeah. 
because yeah, at relax. the time they were probably at the time they were probably like we are the hottest Broadway show that has ever been on the most popular everyone loves us and there will never be yeah, anything more popular like. than this yeah. so and then <laughs> I, I have to say in the heights um came through as well and so mm-hmm. we saw that they were super nice super chill down to earth like the original graffiti pete from the show was in the traveling uh tour as well and so i walked up to him and i was like you were the original graffiti pete from the, from the broadway show right he's like yeah and i was like i saw you you were so great i just wanted to say that i appreciated it so much and he's like oh thanks man that's, that's so nice like super nice so that's yeah good. those are my two big experiences from my broadway across america cast party days oh, a, f- a friend of mine that i went to high school with and did high school theater with that i still talk to and everything it was in the touring cast of in the heights so oh, nice. that's good to hear from you as well i'm gonna have to try to get him on <clears throat> he's done all kinds of cool stuff living in new york and he's done broadway and off-broadway stuff and yeah oh, super cool yeah yeah yeah, that's a, it's a great show. I mean, Hamilton gets all the love. Like people know Lynn from Hamilton and from even like Moana now. But I mean, In the Heights is still and there's a movie right coming out like next year or something. Yeah, it was supposed yeah. to come out in June, but then they delayed it a year because of COVID. So, yeah. Yeah. but he's giving us wow. Hamilton, so I'll take it. Yeah, oh, <laughs> and he also wrote. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Twenty One Chump Street, but it was actually on this. It was a story on This American Life that they did about. Um, a kid in Florida who went to high school and he fell for this girl who he thought was just um, like a new student who had come there her senior year, but she was an undercover cop and he ends up getting uh, weed for her. And then they end up busting him and charging him with a felony um, because he got her weed on school property. Um, but he was doing it because he wanted to go to prom with her and he really liked her um, and he didn't even want to take the money from her. And so it was featured on This American Life. And then Lynn manuel Miranda actually wrote like a micro musical about it. Um, it's like five songs. It's called 21 Chump Street. And it's so, so good. They performed it live in Brooklyn somewhere. That's um, holy shit. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Wow. Really yeah, we're gonna have to check that out. Oh boy. Man. Okay. So you have prepared some gig stories for us. You have some of your most memorable gigs. And some of the ones we've already talked about on this pod, you were at and you were present for. So yeah. we've probably yes. already stolen some of yours, which we would still love to hear your take on them if if you've got it. But but yeah, what do you have for us? Um, yep. So my first gig tale, I guess it's kind of keeping with the theme from a few weeks ago about high school. Um yeah. and performances so I, I feel kind of like the least qualified gig tales person because like everybody who comes on is like performing like in bars and clubs and yeah I guess Terry and I are kind of in the same a similar thing. um yes I don't do things we have a whole segment on how I'm afraid to sing in front of people I just hide inside that's very true very true um so yeah so it was um my sophomore year of high school our show choir um was doing Saturday Night Fever So they had made it into a jukebox musical on Broadway in like the nineties or whatever. So we were kind of doing that show and um, to make the show more authentic, our choir director had us uh, take a field trip to the garment district in Cambridge. So I don't know if you have been there before. Oh yeah. Dude, can you ever imagine nowadays that pile of clothes that will never come back ever like with COVID? No. (laughs) Right. 
No. Yeah. So, so we went to the garment district and we're like fishing through like bins of clothes, like from the seventies, trying to find some vintage stuff to make it look authentic. Um, and, and, uh, we, we, most of us, I think pretty much everybody was able to find some sort of outfit that they could wear. Mine was like, unfortunately tight. My pants were so tight, far too tight. And that was, it was actually the first thing that I ever said to my wife. So I trained her on her first day of work at my family's restaurant. That's where we met. Oh, yeah. Cue the awe. And uh, so the first thing that I said to her was like, oh, you're, you're Carrie Ann? And she's like, yeah. It's like, you, uh, my name's Greg. You, you're in Shepherd Hill Show Choir, right? And she's like, I am. I said, oh, I'm in Bartlett Show Choir. I'm the one in the front with the tight pants. Uh, she did <laughs> not. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, nope. Did not go over well. Uh, <laughs> it was not love at first sight. Um, but I think most of it stemmed from like her show choir was like the gold standard. They always got gold medals. They were like always, if not first place, second place. And like my show choir was always kind of like the other side of the tracks show choir. (laughs) We rarely got gold medals. Now there's a musical. (laughs) Oh yeah. Lynn from the the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. Hello, Lynn. I have an idea for you. Hello, Lynn. It's your cousin. <laughs> I guess it's kind of pitch perfect is kind of already that like in a way, but we didn't even have a fucking show choir. No, I mean, neither. But I mean, we didn't do like a musical or a play um, okay. either. So that was kind of like our musical or play like okay. um, for the year. So um, yeah. it was kind of like in replacement of that. So, uh, yeah, so we got our outfits, we go back home, we're practicing on the show and there were four like competitions that we would do throughout the year. And I believe that this was the second competition that we were at. Um, we, uh, we get there, we're performing and everything's going well. And, um, I think it was the second or the third number. It was like our, our men's number, um, where we're doing our dance. And, uh, one of my best friends, we're still like best friends he's like front and center he's a great dancer um and actually another side story so terry i had mentioned to you is it nick lapete yes yes <laughs> so great so i don't know if you remember oh i do i i told you like oh yeah because your sister went to school with him went to college with him yes and i told you like oh yeah my friend one of my really good friends nick lapete he is a drum major he probably knows your sister mm-hmm. so then like two weeks later you came up to me and you're like yeah i was talking to my sister sister and i was like oh yeah so uh you, you know this kid yeah oh he's so gay and you were like and my sister immediately was like no actually a lot of people think that but he's not he has a girlfriend yes um and you're like i don't even know who this kid is i was just trying to like life out of you i had no idea yeah Cut to today, gay. He's super gay totally out of yes so you're i was right yes you didn't even realize yeah clairvoyant oh, did i <laughs> Right. Oh my God. Um, I'm a, I'm the long item. I, I'm the long Island medium for sexuality. <laughs> right. So, wow. so it's the, it's the men's number. It's like the second or the third number. He's front and center. Like I said, he's a great dancer. Um, you know, I think it was probably the song boogie shoes that we're dancing to. Um, and he's, you know, we're doing our kicks and our crouches and everything like that. And like mid song, like from taint to belt, his pants split right open, just right down the middle, exposing the underpants. And he's right in the front and center. So he can't leave. He can't move. He just has to continue with the song. 
while everybody is just watching his pants that have just shredded. So <laughs> thankfully, we had a costume change. So we had actual outfits we had purchased from a costume shop. So after the number, he was able to go and change. The damage had been done. He was already mortified. So then afterwards, it was there were tears, much embarrassment. He was oh. very, it was very sad. It was very tragic. Uh, afterwards, you know, we, we laughed about it. But what we didn't realize was that at the same time, our dance captain, who was like to the side of him, um, the back of his pants completely split. <laughs> well, at the same time. So when Nick was facing front, like his pants were split. And then whenever we did a move where you would face like your back to the audience, like our dance captain's pants were just totally split for everybody. Oh no. So, and you're just standing there like sweating, like you're, you're fucking raining. You're like, Oh right. shit, it's coming. It's what are coming. my pants going to rip? Yeah. My pants like miraculously never ripped. But um, so afterwards we, we had a good laugh about it and, and they went out and got pants from a regular store after that, that were not 30. 30 plus years old that did not the next performance they were like now for the sweatpants singers (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't buy your costumes at from a pile on the floor of a thrift shop like oh no is the garment district still open so i looked it up because i was like i don't even know where it was so like before i came on i was like is it and it is. I, I don't know if it closed for COVID or whatever, but like at least the latest thing that I saw, it was like the garment district is open again. So, okay. Yeah. I figured that something that just would have been a casualty of general like retail, you know, apocalypse. So I'm actually surprised it's still going, but that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, that's a good one. Congratulations on keeping your pants on. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It wasn't easy. Yeah, I guess. I'd like to thank my dockers. <laughs> Some, someone else's dockers. It's because they when were well did, broken in. When did your wife finally uh, give in to the tight pants? Was she like, all right. <laughs> um, actually, it's kind of like a, a kind of a music related story as well. So when I had, um, so I was in Central Districts, um, I think it was my junior year. And I had like gone to, I don't know if it was the audition or if it was our practice or whatever. And I was actually like, dressed up nice and I didn't look like a bum. And I, um, I came back to like, my family's restaurant and she was working that day. And she was like, yeah, that was the first time that I saw you. And I was like, oh, Greg, I think I like Greg. Oh, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I also like your wife, even though I don't think I've ever met her. I might've, but I don't think so. But cause her name is Carrie Ann and my name is Terry Ann. So I'm very right. I already like her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that you, I think you've seen her, but I don't think like, I think when we were like, she'd visited Lowell. I might've. Yeah. yeah. So mm. yeah. But the mm. rest is history. Oh, that's wow. so cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you want me to jump into my next gig tale. Yes, sure. please do. Bring what else on. do you have? So it's kind of a gig tale, kind of not, I don't know, but it's a fun story. So love it. I'm here. I'm here. I've been all, doing this thing this whole time. All we take rules them all. are made up. So okay, yes. excellent. That works out well for me. So I, um, my sophomore year was like the first uh, of college was when I first 
realized that like, oh, I'm, I'm an adult. I can actually drive down to like New York City and like go see like a show if I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <laughs> I kind of started doing that. I'd go to see like a few shows a year. Um, and I think it was my sophomore or junior year. I went to go see a show called the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Mm-hmm. So it was um, not on Broadway for very long. Um, it was a pretty small show. The cast was probably like maybe eight people total. Um, and we went to the theater and it's in the circle in the square, which if you're not familiar with it, it's below the Gershwin theater in Broadway. And you have to take an escalator, um, down a level in order to go. And it's the smallest theater. It's only like 500 seats. Sometimes they do like circle in the round theater there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when we got down to the, uh, the bottom of the escalator, there were some people there with clipboards and they were asking, um, people questions, um, just to see what they were like and, you know, what shows they liked. And so we were like, sure. We were like 20, 21 years old. So we were talking to this guy asking us all sorts of stuff. And then he's like, yeah, if you go over to that other table, they're going to, you know, kind of do a little more screening. And if they like you, they'll pick you to be in the show. Um, so we were like, Oh, cool. so we talked about the shows that we liked and, you know, how long we'd been visiting New York. And, so then we went to our seats afterwards and it was probably like five minutes before the show was going to start. The guy that had asked us questions like ran in and he's like, Greg, I was like, what? He's like, they picked you. You didn't, you didn't hear your name. And I was like, no, I thought they were going to say it in, in like here. And he's like, no, no, they said it out in the lobby. So I went over to the orientation. It was three other people. It was like a little kid. It was me. There was an old man. And, and, then, the, it was, and then there was a Hare Krishna. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and then there was, I think, a middle-aged uh, woman as well. And so they kind of told us what was going to happen. They were going to sing a song in the show, and then they were going to call up the rest of the contestants because the show is about a spelling bee, like that's taking place at an elementary school. So they're like, they're going to call up you as contestants, and then you walk up on stage. A cast member is going to grab your hand and just do anything, whatever the cast member tells you. You just do that. <laughs> okay, okay, great. She's uh, like, splay your pants. <laughs> You're like, fuck. <laughs> Follows me everywhere. <laughs> exactly. So uh, he he. I, they called our names after the song um, was was finished. So everybody walks up on stage. The guy grabbed me. And actually, a fun little anecdote I didn't know till years later. One of the cast members was Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who oh. plays Mitchell in Family. Yeah. What? So he was on Broadway and he was in that show, and we didn't even realize because he wasn't like big yet at the wow. time. Cool. It's, uh, wow. Cool. So wow. So I'm up on stage, and they would call people like one by one. They would do like a routine. They would call up somebody like one of the four people from like the audience. They would have to go up, spell a word. And then if they got it wrong, um, they would sing a song like saying goodbye to that person. They'd walk them out. They'd hand them a juice box and they'd give them a pin. And then they would say their name um, before you got back to your seat. So um, when I walked up to spell my first word, they would say little like tidbits about the person that they had like made up like beforehand. So my wife and I, we were, we were very cute. We used to dress up to go see Broadway shows. Oh. So I was wearing a full suit. My wife like, was wearing a dress. So when I was walking up to spell my first word, they said, Greg Pelletier is a model for the Regis Philbin clothing line because I had a shiny <laughs> tie, which was like the style at the time. <laughs> so everybody no. oh. Yep. So I, I spelled the word right, and then I went back down. I had a seat. Oh, um, you actually got to spell it. 
Yes. What was yes. the word? So I don't remember my first two words. I remember the third word. So the second word, uh, like the other people had gotten like their words wrong. And I was actually the last person on stage. I was on stage for a solid like 15, maybe 20 minutes. The, just fucking, sitting up the fucking rest of the show is just you and one other <laughs> contestant getting words right for like two and a half hours. Doing, so like, doing Regis Philbin impressions <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> exactly. So my second word, I went up and the thing that they said about me for my second word was Greg Pelletier is the captain of his high school sideburns growing team. (laughs) So I have sideburns and I couldn't hear because the speakers are kind of muffled because they're all facing out toward the audience. And so I turned my head to look at the judges and my wife was like, yeah, it looked like you were showing your sideburns off to the crowd. So the crowd like got a big laugh. Or... Have you ever considered that you couldn't hear because your sideburns are too long? I mean, <laughs> they, just, they grow over my ears. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, what's that hat that they wear in Alaska with the two flaps? They're like, sir, we need you to take off your hat. You're like, oh, no, no. No, that's my hair. It's attached. Exactly. Oh, man. Um, so then uh, the third time they had me go up there and they just needed to get me off of the stage because they needed to go on with the show. And the word that they had me spell was caterjuns, which I looked up afterwards is not a word. They just made it up. And they told us about the orientation, like just spell the word how it sounds and you'll be fine. So I spelled it how I thought it sounded. I spelled C-A-T-E-R-J-U-N-E-S. And it was right. So then <laughs> That's right. So then I went back down. And as soon as I sat down, they said, and the next speller is Greg Pelletier. So they had me get right back up again and go up to the microphone and spell another word. And the word was like, it was like 14 syllables. And, uh, and so I was like, okay, could you use it in a sentence? And they were like, no. <laughs> so, so I spelled the first uh, letter. I was like, uh, Z. And as soon as I said Z, <laughs> it starts with an X. Nice. So then, uh, so then they sing like goodbye, Greg Pelletier. They give me my, my juice box. Um, actually, they had one of the characters in the show. His name is Mitch Mitchell, and he's there on um, like court ordered community service, and he's kind of like a gangster there, like with all these elementary school kids. But he's like tough, but like super sweet as well, and he gives the juice boxes to everybody. And so um, he, he walked me off stage. We sat down. They finished the show. Um, it was super fun. And then we left afterwards, we walked out into the lobby and my wife went to the bathroom and there was like a young lady that was selling merchandise and she saw me and she's like, Oh, Greg Pelletier. Great job. Do you want to buy a cast album? And I was like, no, thanks. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Ew. They should have given you one for all that. What if? So, cause I was like the music and it, it wasn't like my favorite show, like from a music standpoint. So I was like, I don't think that I'll. No, I don't want to remember the music. Um, yeah. What if they had you spell Bosco Dictiosaur? <laughs> <laughs> so, friends joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were like, I got this. <laughs> right. Um, and then, uh, so the, the last part of the story, we were getting on the escalator. So my wife um, uh, came out of the bathroom. We went over to the escalator and we were going up and then we looked behind us and three of the cast members were behind us and they were leaving at the same time. And one of them was the guy who played Mitch Mitchell, who's like, I'm Mitch Mitchell. And then he saw me. He's like, oh my gosh, Greg Pelletier, you were so good in the show. <laughs> so, funny gay. 
I was like, you are such a great actor. Like, oh my God, I have no idea. Like, that's amazing. Wow. And he like looked at my wife and he was like, oh, did anybody tell you you look like Jodie Foster? Oh my. And he was like the nicest guy. Aww. Like we like rode up the escalator with them and then we all just kind of exited and went our separate ways. And it was just super cool and super fun. That's what I love about the Broadway shows is that it's like everybody exits the stage doors and then they just walk down the street. Oh, oh yeah. Because a friend of ours posted a picture of herself walk- walking down the street with um Roger from Rent. What's his name? Adam Pascal. Name. Oh, Adam Pascal. And she just goes like this and she's like, oh, it's Roger. And I'm like, he, they just walked down the fucking street. Like, I had no idea. I was going to ask, like, so I don't go, I don't really, I'm not into musical theater. It's not my thing. And I have another friend who, um, oh, who's been on the show, Nate, and he loves musical theater, but he does the same thing. He'll like drive down to New York for a weekend, cram in as many shows as he can, and then drive back. And I'm like, why go all the way to New York for that? Is it like, I feel like that's probably going to be an obvious question to you, but like, what's the draw of it? Um, So, I mean, there's, there's several things. Uh, I mean, the original casts are always phenomenal. They're always so good. I mean, when you go see touring casts, um, it can be hit or miss. Like sometimes you can get a touring cast that's like really good, or you might have like a couple cast members that are like super talented and great. But um, you know, for the most part, they just, seem to always find like the best of the best to perform like on the Broadway shows. So, I mean, that's like a big draw for me is, you know, trying to, you know, see the shows when they're still in the original cast. Um, I just love New York too. I mean, I'd love everything about it. I love going to get cronuts, um, you know, <laughs> going to see the history. I like to try and do a different thing each time when I'm down there. The last time I like went to Roosevelt Island and like took the tram over, which mm. I've never done, which is like super cool. So part of it is for the trip. But also, yeah. like, it really is kind of all on that one main street, right? Can't you, like, go see a bunch of shows without it ever even really having to leave that one street? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, it goes from 42nd, roughly, from 42nd Street to, like, 50th Street. Um, and then on those streets, you, you have, like, multiple theaters as well that all have different shows that are going on at the same time. And I was actually really sad this morning. I saw like, I follow somebody on Instagram. That's like a Broadway account. And she posted that, I guess they're closing all shows until January 3rd, 2020. Shut up. Yeah. Which is a bummer. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean the theaters, it's just, they're electric when you walk into them, they're all small too. They're so small. Like the theaters in Broadway generally are smaller than like the ones in Boston. Like they're, most of them are smaller than the opera house um wow and, yeah like so the there is, has, is are there a cup are there like two large ones am i making that up no there there are a couple of big ones like the the gershwin where wicked's playing like that's a bigger theater um and i think the one at lincoln center which is technically it's like 60th street it's further down it's its own thing i think that's a, a bigger um theater as well but it's and where I, maybe like some of the more popular like the biggest shows might go yeah. So yeah, the bigger theaters generally are, you know, like Wicked. I think the Lion King's theater is pretty big as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, even Hamilton's theater is not too big. Like I think Hamilton's is it's comparable to the Colonial Theater in Boston. It might be a little bit smaller. I think it's like 1,700 seats or something okay. like that. Yeah. Um, we're going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask it on behalf of both of us. Sure. Um, what are your feelings on cats? <laughs> 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 uh, 
I'm the still animal back. and the musical. <laughs> the animals are great. I love cats. Uh, we used to take care of our neighbor's cat. He was so sweet. His name was Sasha. We loved him. Um, we don't have one. My wife grew up with the cat with cats, so she loves them as well. Um, the musical, <laughs> uh, so not a big fan, but it's so funny. I think it was like the third episode where you guys talked all about cats on your pod. And it was so funny because you were just crapping all over cats for like 25 minutes. And then after all of that, I think Terry was like, yeah, but you know what? To each your, to each their own. If, if you like, them, you know, that's, that's great. I'm not going to judge you for it. And then you went, well, unless it's cats, then I will judge. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We love to just like go off the rails and then fully contradict ourselves at the end to bring yeah. it all home, to wrap it up and bring it home. Yeah. Well, let me say this one thing if I haven't said it already. And I, this is something I say a lot. Keep so I gigging? may have said it. Sorry. <laughs> Keep <gigging>. Bye. <laughs> um, I may have said this already on this podcast. So um, I hold true to the uh, theory that just because I think something blows ass doesn't mean it's bad or like not good. Just because that's my opinion doesn't mean it's like uh, an assessment of them. So yeah. At, one time I was at work at an old job of mine and listen, we're going to lose a lot of listeners in a minute when I <laughs> say what I'm about wow. to say, but I was telling a coworker that I don't like the beastie boys. I've never liked the beastie boys. I tried to listen to them and I actually asked him for recommendations. I was like, is there something I'm not hearing? Like, is it just because I know their radio hits? So he recommended a couple of albums and I listened to them and I was like, I was like, I tried. I was like, I really don't like them. I, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, they don't do anything for me. I don't think they're that great. Whatever. Fine. We all know I hate a couple other bands. And <laughs> anyway, he, so later he, we were talking about the Beastie Boys and he said to me, no, Terry, you told me that you think they suck. And I was like, no, I never said that. He's like, yeah, you said you, you told me that they're bad, that they're not even that good. I said, no, I said, I don't like them. And there's a huge difference to me. Like yeah. I fully accept that just because I don't like something and it doesn't make any sense to me, doesn't mean it is bad. Mm -hmm. So I don't like, I, I feel like I can make that statement, but I see why sometimes people get it confused of like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I saw Cats when, I think my parents actually, they did take us to a couple of shows when we were younger. Um, and Cats was one of them. Oh, no. And, oh. Yeah. It's a wonder it's, you ended up in music. Like, do yeah. Music. Exactly. Yeah, so. Maybe that was their plan. They were like, you better take them to see Cats right now because I don't want to have to spend money on musical theater on these kids. So we got to fucking get out of their system. Yeah. Yeah, it was all part of the master plan. But yeah, I mean, I'm not really, yeah, not a huge Andrew Lloyd Webber um, guy. Never really got into him. I actually, I like looked up one time, like, why is Phantom so popular? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really get a definitive answer. Because um, there's a guy underneath. He has his own waterway and his yeah. own little creepy rowboat situation underneath the theater. Yeah. I mean, he has his own maritime vessel. I mean, <laughs> and an, a fully functioning organ. That's actually 
(laughs) Yeah, and control over chandeliers. So, I mean, yep. Oh, another another um, perk I just thought of about um, going to see Broadway shows. My wife and I we we saw the Book of Mormon. Um, We like waited in line, standing room only, um, like in the standing room only line for tickets for like five hours to get them because they were like 26 bucks in order to get them. Oh, um, and actually Dave Grohl was there and I had a casual conversation with Dave Grohl what? while he was going to the bathroom. <laughs> well, not while he was in the bathroom, while he was walking down the aisle toward the restroom. We had a conversation. We weren't in the <laughs> Greg sees Dave Grohl's feet under the bathroom stall. He's like, uh, Mr. Grohl, while I have your attention, he's like, I got a fucking captive audience. D- my dad, my dad followed Jay Leno into a bathroom once, and like, <laughs> like he didn't. All right, so we were at a restaurant, and Jay Leno is from this area originally, so he was there, and we like saw him, and like people were kind of like, I don't know, he was just eating whatever, and like obviously you don't, I don't know, you don't want to bother anybody while they're like having dinners. But my dad saw him get up and go toward the men's room, so he, my dad's like, I'm, I'm going, it's my chance to like, do you even like have to pee? Like, what are you gonna, you're like fake it? Like, what are you gonna do? So I don't even know what he did, but he went in and he like he followed him in and he like faked it and t- had a conversation with him and how do you fake that i i don't i don't know exactly <laughs> he's just downing a bunch of water so that he could actually like go <laughs> yeah, i guess i don't know pretty weird oh so kudos for not doing that for you know, so how was dave was he cool what was he was name? super cool yeah so he was walking up i saw him um come like down into his seat before the show started and I had like kind of like elbowed my wife. I was like, oh my God, that's Dave Grohl. And she's like, what? And like, so she just saw the back of his head. I was like, this is unbelievable. So then after um, the first act ended and intermission started and the lights come up, like I saw him stand up and start walking up the aisle and we were standing room only. So we're like all the way in the back behind the last row. And I was like, and we were the last two corner people too. So we're like right next to everybody on the aisle. And uh, so he starts coming up and I was like, oh, hey, Dave. And he kind of like looked over. I was like, I saw you guys on Conan because he was on Conan with his drummer like the week before. And I watched Conan all the time. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, I saw you guys last week on Conan. You were hilarious because they were talking about like, you know, dressing up and like dresses and stuff and playing and how their families were mortified at at first. (laughs) Um, That was so great. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that was such a great show. Afterwards, we we were uh, going on tour. So we got to play our whole set for uh, for the audience. I was like, oh, so like everybody just got to like stay and watch you guys play. And he's like, yeah, it was awesome. It's like, oh, man, how cool is that? I was like, well, enjoy the show. He's like, yeah, you too. And, and then he just walked away like super nice. Aww. And then like the lady in front of me like <laughs> leaned over and she was like, was that Dave Grohl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, God, I, God, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> and I almost like passed out afterwards. My heart was going like 150 beats a minute. So I was like, I'm girl. I don't think I've ever even met anyone remotely famous. And what would I even fucking say? Like, you know, my love of Conan. If I could meet one single celebrity, it would be Conan. And even then I'm like, what would I say to him? Oh, Conan, I love your show. It's really good. You're funny. <laughs> and, and, and you look even worse than I thought you would. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I actually, when he was on the Late Late Show, my wife surprised me with tickets to go see him. And they do a lottery, and we got front row seats to a show. 
he came out beforehand to warm us up. Oh, did you too? Okay. Yeah. On my 30th birthday, we wow. went out to California because it was after late, late. It was so he, when he left NBC, yep. he was doing Conan and we, that was like my thing. I'm like, we're going to see Conan. And we went and we were the second people in line and they do it. Like you line up, you get a wristband and then you get a number and then yep. you go off and you come back and you go in in the order that you were assigned. And I made a sign and it was like, Conan, it's my 30th birthday. And we, they put us in the front row uh-huh. and like they came out to warm us up and everything. And Andy, so the stage manager came over and he was talking to me the whole time. He was like, oh my God, it's your birthday. And I was like, yeah. And he, I was like, I'm so excited to be here. And he was like, have you seen the show? I'm like, yeah, I've been watching it since I was 14 <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. He was like, don't tell Conan that. He's going to get very mad. So Andy Richter came out. And he goes up to his podium and like, it's just kind of like a lull. We're waiting for everything to get started. And everyone goes, woo, you know, and he goes, well, thank you. And I went, you're welcome. And the whole audience erupted in laughter. And like Andy Richter (laughs) looked over at me and I wasn't even trying to be funny. But I was like, I made Andy Richter laugh. But yeah, it was cool. Such a fun show. That's great. Of course, um, you love Conan. We yeah. like a lot of the same things. We do. We do. He shook my hand, and then he made me, and then he hugged the guy behind me, and then he made me stand up, and he's like, "You, you go hug that guy." So then I jumped up and gave the guy a hug, and then he, everybody's like laughing and cheering, and then he goes, "You got up awfully fast to give that guy a hug." <laughs> oh, love that Conan. So oh, he's. What is this podcast again? Is this a Conan cast? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? All. This is, uh, I imagine this is what the gentlemanly confabulation <laughs> podcast would be like. <laughs> they have like three things to talk about. Then they're like, oh, so have you guys seen Friends? <laughs> <laughs> Join us next week for our episode on uh, throwing a coat down over a puddle while you're with your gal pal. <laughs> the series finale (laughs) which like what does that do exactly because the coat is just gonna get soaked and you're still gonna get wet like why is that even a thing yeah the coat's just gonna wrap around your foot and just make a soggy (laughs) coat yeah yeah it's just a tripping device like i don't know and now you're out money because you got to get a new coat because yeah. it's Victorian England right. and, and the new coat shoes. And, and yeah. the whole, yeah, it's just out of control. Like, have you ever heard of slightly stepping to the right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they only knew how to walk straight back then. <laughs> they were uh, walking the line. You got oh any other goodness. zingers for us, Greg, that you um, want to talk about? I mean, I have one more gig tale um, that is like an actual gig. So I've only been in one show like in my entire life. Like I did show choir in high school, but I'd never done any musicals or plays or anything like that. Um, And so my sister-in-law was actually directing um, a a kid show at a local community theater called the Snow Queen. Um, And there obviously is the Snow Queen character. And then there is an evil source character and so I was the evil sorcerer um, and then all of the other roles were for for all of the kids and they were they were great they were they were fantastic but the show was scheduled in like late February I think or early March hmm. um, so I think we had 12 weeks to actually rehearse it but then there were a bunch of snow days because it snowed a ton that winter 
And so really we had like eight weeks to get like this entire show, like completely ready, um, which is a tall task. I mean, it would have been kind of a stretch with 12 weeks. Um, so my, my wife is actually um, the music director. So she um, played the flute and conducted the pit and everything. Um, a lot of flute she, players, a lot of flute players. Yeah. So she was a music major too. Um, she's very, very musical. Her, her and her whole sister, she's got two sisters and Where they like. Where did she go though? She didn't go to UMass. No, she went to um, Assumption College. Oh, okay. So, um, <clears throat> but uh, so we're in the show. We only have eight weeks to prepare. And it's like the week before, and we're still learning choreography for the show. And like my whole like number it was like the last one that the choreographer was um, actually going to do because it was the most difficult, which he probably should have started with it because it was like the longest and it mm-hmm. was like, like time changes and like, it was just kind of a strange song to begin with. And so it was like a week before she's trying to go over with everybody and the kids are having like a super hard time picking up what they need to do. And then she just goes, Nope, I'm done. And she walks out and she left a week before the show. Shut up. No choreography. Shut up. You're working with children. What the, what is wrong with you? I know. Yeah. It was really, really tough. So I was like, oh my gosh, like we have to do something. We can't just like stand still up on stage. This isn't like a madrigal. Like I'm supposed (laughs) to be like directing all of my minions on what to do and controlling them. And now I'm just like out a choreographer and one week till showtime. So, um, so I actually like came up with an idea, like, like to, so that the kids, I was like, they're not going to be able to remember anything. So I was like, all right. I was like, what we're going to do is I'm going to, use my hands and I'm basically going to be like controlling you guys and I'm going to show you where to go. And if you need to go and start, I was like, we're going to break you up into two groups. You're going to go in a circle kind of like to the music at one point. So I'll be kind of like moving my arms like in a circle to show you where to go. And then you're all going to go over to this side. And so I'll kind of move you all over to that side. And then you all like come up to me. And get, so like I kind of came up with a system so that they didn't even have to like remember anything. They just had to look at me. Look at you. Yeah. Go. So, yeah, so we, we practiced it. We did, um, I think we were able to get through like the entire show once before we actually had the first show date and it ended up going off like pretty much without a hitch. So, and that woman never came back. No. Well, so, um, she, she's very involved with that theater. So like, she does a lot of shows, like a lot of the adult shows with them and everything. She doesn't do as many of the kids shows. So she still is kind of involved with them, but yeah, for that one, it was just, uh, it was too much to handle. Apparently. She couldn't, it wasn't her thing. She had yeah. no idea what she was getting into. And she was like, I can't work with this. Right. Like maybe if we had that extra four weeks, she could have been able to pull it together. But I think she was like, just like, didn't know what to do. And then just kind of gave up. So. Yeah. Yeah, Which is what you should do. And I hope those kids learned a lesson. Yeah. If something is too hard, just walk out and stop doing it. Just give up. <laughs> Not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Just so, but it worked out well. Just and the, the, the woman, who, the woman who wrote the show actually came to like, I think the second performance and it was like the best one that we had. And she was like, you know, very appreciative that we were doing her, her, um, her show and, you know, was very complimentary. Um, so we went out like afterwards, like, um, to eat with her and she was super nice and yeah, it ended up being a good experience, even though at the time when, uh, we had to try and figure out the choreography. It was a little stressful. So. Good, good on you, though. That's a really good solution. And it sounds like 
stepped in and like handled it. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> My God. Oh man. Okay, you guys. You know it's time for me to ask you. Uh, what the fuck are you listening to? <laughs> um. <laughs> 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 I didn't come prepared either. I fucking well, I, I am. am do you want me to go? Ready to go? Yeah, you go first. Go for okay. it. All right. Um, so as I mentioned, I, I have kids. I've got two girls. They're four and two years old. Oh, um, and I I want to instill in them a love for music very early on. So we sing all the time. Um, we listen to music all the time. And um, so I I like to as as you can attest for this whole podcast, I'm a big fan of Broadway and I like like more obscure shows as well that really weren't on Broadway for very long. Um, if they're good. So, um, there's this one show, I don't know if either of you know the book or read the book Tuck Everlasting. Yes. I love that. And there was a movie. Yes. They made it into a movie too. So they made it into a musical, um, I think like five years ago, but it only lasted like 30 performances on Broadway before it closed. Um, so, cause it's really hard for an original idea show to last on Broadway if it doesn't have like, you know, a backing like Disney or something like that. Um, <clears throat> so it didn't last very long, but I really like the music. I think it's really good. And I, I got into it probably like a year ago and I started listening to it. And then um, probably like maybe in the fall, I was driving my kids to daycare and I was like, Oh, I wonder if like they would like one of the songs from the show because the lead character is an 11 year old girl. So I'm like, oh, she's like a little girl. So my girls might relate to her and be like, oh, I like this. And so I played it. And as soon as it was finished, like my daughter was like, oh, play that again. Aww. So I was like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. So then uh, now, instead of just playing that song, we listen to the entire show, like front to back. My oldest pretends to be Winnie Foster, who's the main character um, in the show. She like sings all the songs and everything. So that's kind of been on repeat. So I recommend it. I think it's a good show. Like, And it's great that like, you can both listen to it and both enjoy it. Like I know sometimes people get stuck listening to like, I don't know if you're just lack of a better term, kids music. And they're like, Oh, I have to fucking listen to kids bop all the time. So it's nice to have something you can both enjoy. Frozen just over and over and over. Yes. We can do frozen, a lot of frozen. So this is kind of a break from frozen, but she's still, still big into that. She still pretends to be Elsa all the time. (laughs) She likes to be Elsa. And does one do Elsa and one do Anna or like, how do they, um, so the littlest one, she's just kind of like, does whatever. Mostly she'll follow her sister. Yeah. Um, what I like about like my oldest, yep. adorable, is that she'll pick a character from a show and then she'll be that character for like the entire movie or musical or whatever it is. So even if like the main character becomes a secondary character and is just watching somebody, if she's pretending, she'll just stand there and like watch like she's pretending to be that character. She doesn't like morph into the other main character. She's a good supporting actress. Yeah. 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 She's like method acting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was just taking whatever the lead was at all times. Yeah. 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 See, I had an older sister and a very vivid memory that I have is we would reenact all the Disney movies like in our bedroom before we went to bed at night and stuff, or if we were just playing and my sister always got to be Ariel and Pocahontas and whichever fucking princess was the main, you know, fell. And I had to be all of the dudes. I had to be every man character, which maybe that's why I have such a little voice. Yeah. I've just been 
Milo. But the big one we always did was Pocahontas. And she always made me be, um, what John was Smith? his name? Ratcliffe. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'd sing this song. Yeah, you know the song, dig and dig. Yep. Dig, diddy, dig. And I, I like, I fucking owned those low notes. And she was like, oh, you're really good at that. <laughs> and I think it was just her trying to, like, get me to do it. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Sisters. I love that. Well, thanks, Greg, for that um, recommendation. I, I can go. I was, um, I was doing some work earlier and I was like, I just need some music on in the background. So I decided to give my, um, like the Spotify will like make playlists for you of like new music that they think you might like. It's like, I'll just like put that on. And the first song that played, I was like, wow, I really like this song. So I immediately like went to like go to the artist page, whatever. And I listened to like a full album, but the artists, they're called the lovers and they appear to be a, uh, they're, they're a duo. <laughs> it's a male and a female. I literally just discovered them today. So I don't know much about them. I just went and like, liked their social media pages and I listened to, um, their most recent release. It looks like they released an album this year called the lovers. Um, but the song that kind of pulled me in. And I think even after listening to the album all the way through, I think it's still my favorite. It's called let's get lost. So I'll add that one to the, the list. But to me, like he, the guy kind of sounds like he's got like a rasp, which I can't resist a rasp, but he's like, yeah, he's got this kind of like raspy voice. And then the, the female, she kind of sounds like, like a mix between like Marin Morris and Casey Musgraves, like a really like sweet kind of like folky Americana type of a sound. When, but when you yeah. say rasp, do you mean like Tom Waits? Like that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, well, that's not the first thing that comes to mind when I think of rasp. <laughs> I think of like Chris Stapleton and Mark Broussard and like, I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're the lovers and the song let's get lost. So I'll add that to the, the playlist. Um, it's so funny that you say, <clears throat> as I was sitting here thinking, what the fuck am I going to recommend? Mm-hmm. What have I even been listening to? And you talk about making Spotify choose a playlist for you. Yeah. And something, so something we used to do pre pandem <laughs> was we'd go to pre pan PP. We'd go to this um, social club and they always had live um, Irish music and traditional Irish music, which we really love. You have dinner, you have a couple beers and like we met, you know, everyone there, like the average aggregate age is 79. And like the only reason the median age is 79 is because we brought it down. Um, so it's like the best place for me to be, but, um, we listen to all kinds of live music and it's just really nice to listen to. And we obviously lost that. We haven't been able to go although they did just open up so i'm really excited to go back soon and start listening again so i just put it on um traditional irish music playlist and it spotify picked a playlist for me and so often i don't have any like band names right off the top of my head that i'm going to give to you but i'll add some to the list so often i'm just sitting there like i'll be out on the porch or i'll be you know making something and i'm like oh my god who is this and then i write them down and i add them and i love it when spotify does that Mm -hmm. so that's been a really good like yeah release for me especially like if you're just trying to relax like traditional irish music is the way to go Mm -hmm. is it like instrumental or is it vocal both or 
It's a mix. Yeah, it's all kinds. And some of it is like, you know, some of it's more like reels and stuff and some more instrumental and some of it's more like... <laughs> Did you say whales? Re- reels. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of the traditional whale calls. It's just like, well, there's a song. So in Legally Blonde, ooh. the musical, which Greg, oh, I don't know shit. if you're familiar with Legally Blonde, the musical, but I fucking love it. There's a song yeah. called Ireland and she's talking about like the Irish songs and she t- says like with Enya and the whales. And then they make like weird like Enya music with like whale sounds happening. So I was like, did you just fucking say whales? I think I was projecting it because I wanted it to be. <laughs> well, I think some of it is, so some of it's that, some of it's more like traditional Irish, like reels and um, um, instrumental music and some of it's like you know like folk songs and there's like singers and, and there's you know vocals and then some of it is even more because it's like on a recommendation playlist thing some of it is more like I current like Irish musicians that have like elements of traditional Irish music like instrumentation and stuff but it's not even always traditional like does that make sense like it really like runs this gamut of like oh well this is kind of new but this is like you know whatever so yeah i'll i'll pick a few out that have been popping up and i'll put it in there kind of celtic music mixed with tom waits tom waits does the celtic hits (laughs) (laughs) i see the infomercial now oh it's what nay never i can't do it nay never no more i can't even attempt to do it shall i play the wild rover (laughs) i would like to apologize to the country of ireland and tom waits ireland just went on the map we just lost all of ireland we lost all of ireland on the heat map there Uh, also oh i would like to apologize to my very vaginal looking (laughs) vocal cords that was horrible (laughs) oh man all right listen everyone you know what we always say here on this podcast yes i mean we say we say we're the muffins are in the mail greg they're coming (laughs) they're still coming um thank you so much for doing this um and yeah it was a pleasure oh well it will not be the last i'm sure and i'm sure your wife has some stories too so yeah we can get yeah, you guys that's true. get you guys back on as a duo or get her on here for sure. Yeah. Um, yes. And most importantly, if you're out there and you're listening with, I don't know, <laughs> Greg, I'm talking to you as a listener while I'm looking at you on the zoom call. Um, yeah. Tell a friend. And if you didn't like what you heard, tell an enemy. <laughs> awesome. Goodbye. Bye. Keep gigging. Goodbye. Ugh. Oh.